Tonight, the Intergalactic Holonet Convention is in full swing. We have tips and tricks on how you can beat the heat and manage the crowds. And a special report. Stock prices soar for the Star Tours company as they finally receive full Imperial Operations license. Will this mean better prices for the traveling consumer looking to avoid Imperial entanglements? We have an answer. And more. At 11. Welcome back, Galactic Travelers, to another episode of Hoth Topics, a podcast about Star Wars. I am an Outer Rim colonist, Ian, and joining me this week, as he does every other week, is our Lost My Notes. You having some trouble there, Ian? Yep, I'm having... I've, my I've, name My name is John. And he is our and star... And I appreciate it if you didn't forget your co-host's name. <laughs> I was forgetting your title for the episode, which is John, our Star Tours Hangar Supervisor. Welcome back to Man, the podcast, John. That, that title is the most generic title given to somebody that I want to make feel important. <laughs> uh, I, that was not intentional, <laughs> I promise. I just thought it was... Chief Head Security of Toilet Cleaning. <laughs> I am... uh, no offense to anybody out there who is in the janitorial services. We all appreciate what you do for us. Thank you for your service. What's up, Ian? Good save. <laughs> hey, buddy. Uh, how's it going? We've had one heck of a one heck of a weekend here. I am, as they say in the Bay Area, hella tired. So, well, uh, why you why you so tired, John? What you been doing? Have you been like, you know, at a thing every day for four days and no, then staying up late? Doesn't make any sense. Staying no, up no, late no, no, to no. finish uh, costumes, perhaps to wear to this. That's ridiculous. Uh, convention of sorts, perhaps. Okay, well, maybe a little bit of truth is in there, because every lie has a little bit of truth in it. Well, why don't you dig through this lie and tell me exactly what the real truth is? Well, the part about being somewhere for four days in a row, uh, staying up late to finish costumes to wear to the said thing, those parts were true. And the rest of it was lies, though I cannot remember what they were because... My brain hasn't functioned correctly, and I'm going through what is referred to as con withdrawal, where I'm not quite sure where I am and why I'm not at the convention center. You are here to tell us about the con. So in a way, we're trying to ease you out of your con con withdrawal here. Or you're making it worse by forcing me to have memories of a thing that I am now slowly being sad about. Uh... Either way. Something disconnected. And, and reconnected. reconnected. Awesome. That's terrifying. <laughs> Everything's still working, apparently. Okay. So, so last week, or last weekend, I guess you could say, uh, was San Diego Comic Con 2018. As a San Diego native, uh, I take it completely for granted that it exists here. And because I've been going almost every year since 2005... I get into the pre-sale line and we get our tickets in November and then we have a year to decide if that was a good choice or not because usually at the end of con we go we're never doing this again and then as soon as ticket sales go up we are uh, right back there at the front of the line I, I have I have observed this cycle uh, for about seven years now and uh, it is it is as 
It is as constant as the Earth going around the sun. It's pretty, uh, it's, it's a phenomenon, a yearly phenomenon. We all know that, you know, the last, the two weeks before Con and the week of Con, everybody knows, oh, John's not going to be coming to anything. He's going to be working on costumes. He's going to be getting stuff ready for Con. And, uh, and so far this, this, uh, this observation has yet to falter. Uh, yeah, you went for all four days, right? That is, oh, well, uh, yeah, all, there's technically five and a half days if you conclude, or four and a half days if you include Wednesday's preview night, which I rarely get to go to. But it sounds like you had a good time, and there were a lot of Star Wars related things going on at Con, would you not say so? Uh, I would not say so. Oh. There were some Star Wars related things going on at Con? I would say that there was an adequate amount of Star Wars stuff. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I think the first big surprise came day one, right? And that was that the uh, you went to the Clone Wars panel. Uh, yeah, the Clone Wars 10-year anniversary panel. Yeah. Had uh, Dave Filoni, um, one of the producers whose names I've forgotten. I'm sorry, ma'am. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was more focused on Dave Filoni's hat and the fact that uh, Ashley Axine is the most adorable person in the world. She, they're just uh, gonna they're just gonna burst through the door right now. Just a whole bunch of like guys in Lucasfilm blazers. Shut it down. Shut it all down. Well, it's, the thing is with producers, they'll probably think that costs too much and just avoid it entirely. That's fair. Uh, we also had the 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 voice of Anakin, uh, Matt something or other. I don't know. Still distracted by Ashley Axine and how adorable she is. <laughs> um, someone else. Man, I was not paying attention. Uh, I think you were paying attention. You just were a little bit... Uh, your brain. I'll, t- I'll tell you what I was distracted with. Uh, I was sitting... the So, like, the, the room is broken up into, like, four seating sections. Um, and in the middle of all four of them, there is a AV setup with a big, like, uh, broadcast camera and we work with these things at our office so you know what i'm talking about yeah yeah kind of where like you sit in a chair and you look up at a giant monitor trying to figure out what's going on right um for about 20 minutes it felt like before the panel i was watching steel saunders of the steel war show uh trying to sneakily unplug and plug stuff in to to the av setup apparently sneakily yeah, I don't know if he had permission to do this because he was pretty chummy with the uh, the uh, the camera guy when he got back. Well, we but... we saw him and we asked him, and it seemed seemed like everything was on the up and up. Yeah, it was just for I didn't know if it was or if it wasn't. He wasn't doing a very good job being sneaky. <laughs> Steel, you are a tall person and very hard to miss. Uh, if you are doing it uh, with permission, you look shady as all hell. <laughs> <laughs> trying to do it. <laughs> and so that confused me. And then I was also distracted by two guys that looked exactly like the hosts of Black Series Rebels uh, that sat down in front of me. But they looked like, um, in and I described this to you as when the Pokemon Ditto uh, replicates another Pokemon. And it looks just like that Pokemon, just slightly off. Right. That's what these two guys were. <laughs> and it it was very strange because they were wearing Black Series Rebels merchandise, but they weren't those guys. It was a very, very strange experience. But I mean, that's all that really exciting happened. That's yeah, that's it. That's the that's the only exciting I mean, stuff. We, to come we out saw of. we saw some behind the scenes stuff from um, 
Dave Filoni's sketchbook, mm-hmm. some uh, some pictures uh, from now, production. Now, John, there was that one event uh, that you you texted me about while I was at work, and uh, my response was to immediately uh, demand that you explain yourself because something something was announced. At so you know, I was I was live texting this panel to you. Yeah. Mostly. Mostly it so, started off with you talking about Steel being shady and the you're right. the Ditto Yeah, the two the guys Ditto Black exactly, Series Rebels. Yeah, exactly. Uh but uh so as we started texting, you know, I think it, it might just be fun just to read our ridiculous texts to each other. Sure. Because, you know, nothing's more fun in content than reading texts. Yeah. It's like talking but with paper. <laughs> or not actually paper. It's so, so it all started off uh, with uh, me mentioning that every time a new Snips cosplay walks in, all the other Snips turn their heads and judge them. I, I called this uh, a judgment of Ahsoka's. And then you saw some people. Yeah, there was a hello there of Clone War armor Kenobis taking pictures with a sandstorm of fly guys. And I was very proud of that, that dumb joke. And uh, you also had a name for... Uh, oh yeah, a group of Ahsokas I've determined is a Snips pack. Yep, and I I, I asked if that was not a snip of, a snip of Snips. No, it's a disappointment of Padawans. More like an execution of younglings. Uh, so then it was uh, radio silent for about forty minutes as the panel continued. We we learned about uh, how the process worked at Lucasfilm, where Dave would write notes up on a whiteboard and he would go on break and he'd come back and George would be uh, erasing stuff. Because uh, he didn't agree with it. Uh, we heard some stories from the producer, uh, how she would say, "Hey, Dave, you have you you. We can afford this many assets in this shot," and he would immediately go, "Okay, so fifteen more than that." Yeah, I enjoyed that. Good on you, Dave. I, I've been to a lot of panels before that are like show recaps, and they all kind of like are the same. Like here's a here's a little behind the scenes stuff. Here's some adorable uh, stories from different casts talking about their experience and the panel seemed kind of like run of the mill uh i mean it was great to see everyone up there uh talking about the show that you know hasn't been on the air for like what like five years since the disney acquisition yeah it sounds about right maybe maybe less than that well no because uh rebels had like four seasons and it was on like right after that they canceled it uh, with the disney acquisition Mm-hmm. Um, you know, before we got it to find out what happens right. to everything, D- Dave said that he wanted to he wanted to give something to the fans that had been been around for so long and been tweeting him all the time. Uh, you know, hashtag Save Clone Wars and sending things to Disney to get them to to restart it. And throughout the panel, Comic Con staff were handing out like ticket stubs, uh-huh. uh, like raffle tickets. And I've been to enough panels in the past to know that this means I'm going walking over to the hotel across the street to uh, pick up some uh, promotional souvenirs that they've they've made. Promotional. And so, for example, we were at a, a Game of Thrones panel years ago. Uh, I think it was it was in Hall H, which is the crazy one that you have to sleep outside to get into. And we were only there to see the Force Awakens panel, which was the second to last one. Because we sat through all the panels in the day, we got all this random, all this crap to go pick up. 
and uh-huh. the Game of Thrones ones was like two books, a backpack, and like a T-shirt, and like all this like crazy stuff. And I'm like thinking at the Clone Wars panel, this is Disney. Disney's gonna hook it up. This is gonna be sweet. And so Dave goes, okay, so we we put something together for you guys. Room goes dark. Uh, the Lucasfilm logo pops up. The Clone Wars fanfare plays, and then all you see is Rex's Captain Rex's helmet on the ground. And it's slow, the camera slowly pans back um, to reveal even more clones and uh, you know, uh, Cody and rows Bob. of helmets. Yeah, like all the all the all the named characters that we saw. And as it pulls back, it keeps getting faster. And there's more and more clone helmets, like Mark Ones, Mark Twos, uh, different uh, pilot helmets, and everything. And all throughout the background, all you're hearing is quotes from the clones saying stuff. And my brain immediately went to, there's a lot of helmets on screen. Oh my god, they're getting us clone helmets. <laughs> and like, I, I assumed like it was probably gonna be something like the ones that Hasbro released a few years ago. And that's all I could think about. And then, and then it cut to some more foot, like actual footage. And it was, if I remember right, it was, there's a lot of noise going on in that room. Uh, it had Anakin and Obi-Wan on a unnamed planet with a ton of uh, military hardware looking like it's ready to go somewhere. Anakin walks into the door and he sees Rex. He's like, Rex, what's so important? You need me here? And Rex is staring at a hologram of Bo-Katan of Mandalore and Ahsoka Tano, who at that point had been expelled. Well, well it had been expelled, asked to rejoin, and had left the Jedi Order. And I think, if, if memory serves me right, this would have been this would be the first time Anakin would have seen Ahsoka since that action. I believe you are correct. And so, what it looked like this video was setting up was the Siege of Mandalore. So, and at this point, I probably should mention that. Um, in a nutshell, they're, what they're you're finishing. Saying, they're finishing the Clone Wars. I was gonna say, like, <laughs> so. So what you're saying is, we're getting more Clone Wars. Exactly. That's uh, pretty exciting. S- something cool that um, that I didn't spot, but as, as someone else talking to you later spotted, was that Obi Wan and Anakin are wearing the the outfits that they wear at the beginning of uh, Revenge of the Sith. So we're probably gonna have episodes that feed directly into uh, Palpatine being captured by Dooku. Cool. I'm assuming. I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean... I didn't get clone helmets, but everything, we, we got a, a great show to come back for another season, so from, from, I'm okay with that. From what we know so far, like, we know the Siege of Mandalore takes place around the time, or part of it takes place during Revenge of the Sith, because in one of the books it mentions that uh, Order 66 happens during the siege. Mm-hmm. So we're going to see some... We're definitely going to see some stuff that ties into the movies and probably ties into Rebels and how Rex gets out of there and how uh, Ahsoka gets out of out of, out of danger. And well, I'm interested to find out if, uh, if the clones attack Ahsoka because she is no longer a registered member of the Jedi Order. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be... I, I, I hear the technicality police sirens going off, so <laughs> well, I'm sure that'll be a much-argued thing. Um, but she is a force user who is commanding clones, so who knows? Uh, but we're gonna get the answers, which is super cool. I believe uh, the way you put it to me in the text was 
hey, they're like making some new Clone Wars or something. And I just immediately was like, explain yourself now. <laughs> so that's that's super awesome that they're they're bringing that show back. I very much enjoyed it. Um, maybe uh, before it comes out, we can take a look at some of our favorite clone episodes, uh, Clone Wars episodes, and talk about that down the line. But, um, well, this whole thing to me was kind of ironic. I don't know if ironic is the right word; could be a coincidence. But since <laughs> last Monday, the Monday before Con, uh, while I was finishing up my costumes, costume. More isn't even my costume. It was Catherine's costume. Uh, while I was finishing up her costume, I was like, I'm just going to put the Clone Wars on and just marathon it. And Yeah, you were on the last <laughs> season when I walked in today. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of cool to know that that show that I randomly picked to watch while I was working on a costume was going to get its conclusion. So that's pretty cool. It appears that it's going to be on Disney streaming service. Whatever that is. If there is one already, I don't know. I don't Something I'm going to have to things. pay for now. Or uh, find other ways of finding that we don't condone, but we'll probably do. No, no. I, I'll, I'll pay for it. Star Wars is the one thing I will I will, I will, will sign up for another streaming service to watch. I did just cancel my Prime membership, so now I have something yeah, you got to spend some, on that. You, oh, man, you got some fat cash to swing around. <laughs> hey, so hey, after the uh, the panel ended and everything and they saw the preview, what was what was the ticket for? It was a poster. It's a pretty rad poster. It's posters Clone Wars has a Mark II clone helmet with uh, orange paint job that uh, resembles Ahsoka's skin markings, with the hashtag Clone Wars saved on it. Not the standalone helmet I was expecting and hoping for, <laughs> but again, you got a helmet. It probably cost more to put out another season of the show than it would have to give 400 people helmets yeah so uh and like and they got a poster with the helmet on it so you know i can't be too greedy so this but i'm gonna be this trailer's out now and one thing that i i really noticed about it especially since we you know you were watching clone wars i popped in a couple times to help like make buttons and stuff for con and the clone wars was playing and the 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 animation has come a long way. Like, it came a long way from seasons one to the last season of Clone Wars. And in this new season, like, they they really ramped it up. Like, yeah. they went all out. So it looks yeah. one, one of the things gorgeous. I, I, I like about it, that I've always liked about the Clone Wars art style, is if you ever look at, like, the background textures or look at the textures of the models, like, carefully, it almost looks like they like brushed on mm. like like a a physical brush was painted like if i when I, the episodes that were on when ian came over uh earlier today was the was the darth maul uh, mandalore arc and if you look at all the paneling in mandalore you can see the kind of like almost unfinished paint strokes on some things and even on the characters in it uh that kind of sounds like a negative but it was a, it was a really cool art style and i'm glad that they didn't depart from that with this yeah, new it, season. It absolutely still feels like Clone Wars. Like it still, it still has that same art style, that same animation style. It just, it looks like you know there were far more models in some shots, and 
the 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 lighting and the shadow details were mm. a lot more intricate there was a lot more facial kind of uh detail i think specifically looking at uh anakin and obi-wan in that scene mm-hmm. you know so it it looks really good so i'm i'm excited to see where that goes other than that panel i think you went to go see um was it one or two other star wars panels that you were able to check um, out it was kind of like one and a half panels i got to see on thursday after the black uh black series the clone wars episode panel Clone Wars panel. There we go. Panel. Episode um, panel. Clone panel wars. Uh, I headed over to the San Diego Library, which is now doing uh, panels in its auditoriums. I got to see the Black Series Rebels put on a podcast thanks to a shop called Quest. Great little comic shop and pop culture shop, I guess, in, yeah. uh, in Claremont up, in, uh, up near L.A. And that panel was amazing it was moderated by george lucas definitely actually george lucas not a fake george lucas totally a fake george they had cardboard cutouts of the old power of the force 2 figures uh which ian will probably probably grew up with the barrel chested super buff yeah and leia's and hans and oh it was so good everybody was cashing in on that he-man physique they played this amazing game I can't wait for them to post the video on YouTube to show, but it's uh, it was called What Would Sio Bibble Say? Sio Bibble, of course, being the guy that looks like the advisor to Queen Amidala, who looks like a munchkin, who is very concerned with negotiating and contacting people and people contacting him. And it was a multiple co multiple coist, multiple choice, multiple coist, uh, multiple choice trivia game where you're asked things like the internet goes out and CEO Bibble's hotel room he calls the front desks with his concerns what does he say A this is what I get for booking in like an economy suite B something else or C uh, a disruption in communication can only mean one thing invasion which of course is the correct <laughs> answer because it's one of the things he says in the movie but um, the, all of the answers were like that, where they're obviously like... I thought all of the answers were that. They were, except for the last one, where they tried to do something different and it didn't really work, but it still worked. Okay. Who cares? Um, and that was a cool panel, because they brought out uh, Mr. Steve Evans, uh, design director for Hasbro's Star Wars line, and he brought up all the, uh, the, com- the San Diego Comic-Con exclusives from Hasbro. I collect some of uh, those things. Which, you know, for the Black Series Rebels was a big deal. Um, it was fun watching them try very hard not to damage any of the products because they are collectors and people were getting angry in the front row that they would even think about opening the packages. Oh, boy. So that was fun. So I, I, I would love to go into what they talked about, but you know what? Why don't you just go over to the Black Series Rebels and check them out? Yeah. They're, once, that, they're... once that audio goes out, I'm sure that they got... They're like me and they're in like decompression mode. So, uh, after, after Mr. Stevie came out, that's his name on Instagram, Mr. Stevie, they brought, uh, Anthony Bresnikin from the Brez, uh, Entertainment Weekly up to, to do some talkings. That was fun. Black Series Rebels do 
they make enamel pins to support the show. Another are another... based on the old Kenner action figures uh, with ridiculous names uh, to, to, avoid to avoid copyright, copyright infringement. And the one we got was oh, I should go grab Cold it. Boy. No, no, that was something I got later. Oh, okay. But it was it was uh, uh, Old Master, I think. No. Yeah, it was it was ghost. It was a Ghost Yoda. Yeah. Um, I ran into them later inside the convention center, and uh, they gave me a, a Luke and Bespin pen that that is labeled Cold Boy, which is because he's cold mm-hmm. and he's a boy. Upside down. So yeah, Black Series Rebels are cool. I've I've watched. Uh, some of their some of their podcasts on YouTube. Uh, two very very animated guys. Um, they love Star Wars and they they love what they do. So definitely worth checking them out. Um, yeah, awesome. I think I think on it was Saturday or Friday. I think it was Friday. I have no idea what day. They all blur together. Uh, there was an, uh, two panels that we went to. One. We tried to get into, but didn't get into the last like fifteen minutes, which was the science of Star Wars, where they had a bunch of like NASA engineers and like science professionals come in and kind of debunk or explain Star Wars stuff. Destroy uh, the dreams and, uh, of nerds not who just really. want a well, laser sword. Not really. Um, <laughs> when we got in, they were doing questions and answers, and people were asking like, "What's more, what's more feasible with our technology?" Like warp drive from Star Trek or hyperdrive, warp drive is more feasible, and kind of questions like that. And they weren't really like the laser and the blaster don't make any sense. To, to be blah, blah blah. To be to be fair, I am a nerd who wants a laser sword. So yeah, uh, one of the panelists says that he can make one, but he's refusing to tell us how. <laughs> uh, oh, they'll probably it, like blow a hole through the Earth's core or something. Yeah, we uh. So we we went to uh, one room, one uh, like one of the panel rooms, uh, like an hour before the science of Star Wars, and we sat down and we waited, and we waited, and then it was over, and then the panelists got up and they're like, "Here's what's coming out on Tom Clancy's division," and we're like, "What?" <laughs> and so then we had to look at our schedule and. Uh, we we uh we were guided to the wrong room. So the panel that we wanted had started ten minutes before the division panel started. So by the time we got to the right room, we were in a line of like three hundred people trying to get in. So yeah, we only got like fifteen minutes of that. Uh, that one bled into bled into. That's not the right word. Uh, the next panel, strong women of Star Wars. Okay. Uh, which had E.K. Johnson, who wrote the Ahsoka novel, mm-hmm. and other women of Star Wars that I cannot remember their names because I was distracted by uh, my friend's cousin who was wearing a Boba Fett helmet and had been given a disposable camera and had just found a $20 bill on the seat when we sat down, and that was thoroughly entertaining for me to watch. Um, I feel really bad that I don't remember who else was on the panel because it was a very, it was a very interesting panel. They were talking about how like the, how many more female role models there are in Star Wars and how they've never been like, the damsel in distress. Right. A thing that I found really interesting was that I only saw women leave the panel. That was very bizarre to me. And in fact, uh, we left the panel about halfway through it. 
just to go back down to the floor. That was a weird, weird thing to see. Hmm. Interesting. I I got nothing for that. Yeah, it was it was a yeah. very strange. I, mean, I don't know. Not... I, if if you um if you've ever been to con more than one year, and have been to panels and been burned by panels, like a few years back, we went to one where we thought, oh, somebody thought Radiohead was gonna be there because the word Radiohead was in the description. And it turned out it was a comic book based on a Radiohead album. This seems or or like... any, they'll have panels that are like, oh, how to break into the comic industry, or how to how to get your start in voice acting or acting in general in in the film industry. And it they always end with the same thing with, well, you should get you should know somebody. That's how you get in. Uh, nepotism is great, and uh, get an agent. I mean. I, I, as as someone attempting to do that right now, uh, it, it's, yeah, that that it sucks to hear, but that is how that goes. Well, it's it's very disheartening when the description of the panel says, "Come learn everything you need to know on how to break into the business," and and everything you need to know is know somebody that's already in the business. Yeah, and that's like four or five panels I've been to in. Yeah, I can uh, see how that the last like couple of years. I can see how that can be uh that can be kind of a burn. So I guess the the more that happens the less uh tolerant people become to slower panels. Yeah, I just like I don't like going to panels half the time because that's usually what it ends up. You got to read those panel descriptions carefully. Yeah. And sometimes you miss good ones because they worded them wrong and like I missed the Hasbro one because I saw the word Hasbro and didn't see the word Star Wars immediately, so I just assumed it was going to be uh, like My Little Pony and Transformers For and whatnot. Shame. And then it turned out to be I have a lot of Black Series stuff and all merch, and I'm, I felt dumb because I'm like, yeah, I should have known that. Eh, uh, you know, stuff happens. Yeah. Um, you went to uh, con in costume uh, a couple days, right? Yes, this is true. Which uh, which ones did you end up going? With. So if 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 you have a avid listener of our show, and or a casual you, listener you, of our show, yeah, or so, just a listener, period. yeah, or just you know a person, yeah, uh, <laughs> and you heard our please last episode to go to our website and read our read our crap. Um, <laughs> you have seen the two two builds that I was working on. They, I have yet to finish those posts. I guarantee you they're coming. Uh, I was just. Like I said earlier, it was a really weird weekend for me, and I didn't even think about taking pictures of my costume. So I'm sure some exist somewhere. We'll we'll get them. So Sunday, the last day, uh, I threw on my Veers thing that I put. I've already put like four posts on our website about, and I wasn't going to wear it because I was like, I'm tired. I don't really want to do this. But you know what? I said I would. You so, you some, told I told Star some other Wars, podcasters yeah. that I was going to be in a Veers costume. <laughs> So I was like, you know what? It's it's not that hard to wear. So I wore that. And the Veers costume is um, it's the green Imperial Officer tunic with fiberglass uh, chest and back armor. A very large fiberglass belt buckle thing that Julian Glover, the actor who played Veers, put on upside down. So instead of having contours that fit the armor, there's a very flat part. It bumps into the bottom of the armor, and I have to repaint it every time I wear it. And then a fiberglass helmet uh, that isn't actually all that heavy. What I like about it is everyone's like, 
all, all the like the troopers are meet they're like oh you're wearing fiberglass i must be miserable it's like i'm not wearing a full stormtrooper armor and the fact that it's fiberglass it kind of actually makes it feel like i'm wearing armor even though i'm sure if somebody took a shot at it or even slightly tapped it it would shatter well, let me take a hammer to it. We'll test the snare. No, I'm, I'm good. Okay. All right. Well, that. hey, you know, if you're going to take your safety into your own hands without scientific testing, that is your business. But tell me about the other one that you went as this so the, year. So the ones that I was the most proud of, I did a, a Star Tours themed costume, which I started about a month ago, Ian, when you and your folks went out of town. And I was watching their house, Yep, which gave me an ample excuse to take over their kitchen with sewing machines and fabric to basically, from scratch, make a Imperial Officer tunic, but in an orange and blue color scheme. Which was the classic uh, color scheme of the mechanics of Star Tours. for Star Tours. Well... The mechanics on Star Tours, at least in the videos on the they old had like ride, red jumpsuits. Yeah, they yeah red and orange jumpsuits, um, and I, I think I had mentioned in our last episode that uh, Hasbro had released an action figure that was based on right the Imperial scanning crew, and basically was an X-wing jumpsuit with red and orange or orange and blue uh, color scheming. I liked it, but I really didn't want to wear a jumpsuit. Right. And I remember that I had made I made you an Imperial Officer tunic before. Yes, sir. And I meant I think I'm pretty sure I mentioned on the last podcast that I'd made the the jacket that the sewing pattern I got was for that turned out to like realized it was a Confederate uniform after I'd made a gray Civil War <laughs> uniform and I yeah, felt real dumb about that real quick. The costume. Uh, Sometimes when you're making costumes and you just want to be rad and steampunk and you don't want to be brown and leather, you just want to be a different color and so I look gray and look like a Confederate officer and then I just put the jacket in a closet forever. It's a great looking jacket. Just uh Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's some... never never worn it anywhere, it just hangs in a closet. Anyway. Uh, so but... I wanted to make I wanted to make the tunic with the orange and blue I didn't want to do a cast member outfit because well I don't really like the designs of Disneyland employees Star Tours outfits um, and then to complement that outfit I made a uh, using a sewing pattern use, made a like a 60s 1960s style flight attendant Uniform for my friend Catherine. Kind of like the the Pan Am style yeah. flight attendant, complete with the little uh, I think they're called pillbox hats. Yeah, yeah. She had had to get some uh, custom things made that are no longer sold, like a Star Tours patch and our name tags. I don't know if any of you out there have been to the Disneyland or Disney parks and were lucky enough to get one of those custom engraved name tags that say Star Tours on it. Those things are no longer in the parks. Or available anywhere online for less than fifty bucks. And I, so, I you know, that I I had a I had a year pass two years ago, I think. I saw those things every day. Never picked one up and now they're gone. Yeah, for 10 I, and bucks, I want them. I want them so badly one. now. I know, right? I'm yeah. I'm just as I'm I'm dumb like everybody else who so, doesn't own one right now. Dumb side story. We we found a place online called W your W D W store. There were 90% sure is run by cast members at Disney World that run into the park, buy the exclusives, and sell them on a website. They, Should we be outing these they people had, right now? <laughs> I don't care. 
they they lied to me. They had like all the different badge variants, but they were all sold out except for one. So we ordered them with our names custom engraved on it. After like two weeks, we didn't hear anything. Like I just got a, oh your order is we processed it, and so I called them like hey what's going on and they're like hey, uh, if you could if I could put you on hold I need to call our merchandise act oh what the merchandise the acquisitions department yes merchandise acquisitions team member. <laughs> which is uh, which, just which yeah, is to just me it was some... I'm, call, I'm calling Paige. Yeah. She's currently at work in the park. Um Hey Scott, we still got any of those. Yeah. So <laughs> I was on hold for thirty minutes and I'm like, oh I'm sorry, they don't actually make those anymore. I'm like, I know, I was just kinda hoping you had one stock. Yeah. So I had to I had to custom make those. And then <sighs> this was the dumb part that sold this costume to my friend to do it with me. It was uh I made brochures. I made Star Tours brochures about where we go, a little bit about the company, uh, some amazing frequently asked questions. Those were my favorite. Uh, do we have? I have uh, one somewhere. I'm sure we do. What if we... Uh, Ian, uh, busk. Or not busk. Busk. Um, banter. I, I prefer to busk. Give me a loot. I need a loot or, a, or an omni box. Perhaps a clue horn. You know? Some sort of uh, instrument in which to busk with. Oh, you're All back. right, I'm back. So I'm back. Just had to get a living room. Sorry, guys. You're not going to get my... Uh... I, I will probably post these on the website because uh, why not? And who cares? They're going to sue us anyway. Um, <laughs> Please don't say that. Well, yeah. One of the weird, crazy things we, I got constantly was, how did you get a cast member's uniform? And I had to be like, this is, ha- this is handmade, and the cast members have never worn anything like this. Yeah. Except for my bootleg patches and name tag. You also had those rad uh, programmable. Uh, oh, that's LED. right. We, we got um, uh, these LED name tags that you could program to scroll uh, text. Scroll. So we had one that scrolled flight information in English or High Galactic, and then we had one that scrolled in uh, Arabesh. Which I met one guy who was just standing there reading them because he was fluent in Arabesh. And he was correcting me on my spelling of things because I didn't realize the font that I had downloaded included capital letters, which he told me that he's an, he was said he was an Imagineer. Yeah, and, yeah uh, in, in your defense, he was a Disney Imagineer. So. Yeah, and he, he was saying that they were trying to move away from using capitalization. Literally the Arabesh. only person there that was going to, like, They could get me in trouble, that. yeah. Yeah. Uh, should I just read all these? Uh, yeah, sure, what the hell. All right, so frequently asked questions. What if I want to avoid any imperial entanglements? Well, Star Tours is a fully licensed affiliate of the Galactic Tourism Board. Our legal team at Star Tours HQ have just made a deal that will keep the Empire out of here forever. Question two. Is this is this my favorite one? Yes. Uh, flying uh, flying is, is for droids. droids. Uh, a classic Obi-Wan line. Well, not actually a question from a certain <laughs> point of view. Star Tours does pride itself on our top-of-the-line, definitely not second-hand, RX series piloting droids. <laughs> Third uh, question is, uh, do you travel to the Lando system? No. Lando was not a system. He's a man. <laughs> we do fly to his mining facility on Bespin, which is in the Anawat system. Close enough to Hoth, you don't even need a hyperdrive. Fourth question, I think, if I'm counting right. Yep. Third question, that's actually a question. Uh, are my droids welcome aboard? Of course. Star Tours recognize that sometimes you just can't leave your favorite cybernetic at home. They will, however, have to remain at the back of the speeder. Apologies. It's Imperial regulation. Which is a dumb line I stole from Rebels. Of course. And then the last question. 
What are the chances of successfully navigating an asteroid field with Star Tours? 3,720 to fun. It's so like uh, it makes me laugh every time that and the like I gotta I gotta hand it to you, man. Like this year, I've been watching you make costumes for you know the better part of six years, however long I've lived here, and like every year you put a lot of effort into into your costumes and they always come out great. But this this year especially, you know, with the Star Tours thing. You, you went you went all out on it, and man. I, I really enjoyed it. Like I'm I'm thinking that from now on I just want to do gimmicks. Yeah, I want to hand out random stuff that means nothing that will probably get me sued. <laughs> so uh, I'll know. post those up on uh, I'll post the files up on on our uh, on hottopicspodcast.com uh, when I finally finish up my costume build post that I said I was just gonna finish before con. But let's get realistic. That wasn't going to happen. <laughs> yeah, and I, I wasn't even, like, around to... I was gone for three days in the middle of the week, so I couldn't, like, get on your back about it either. I had no excuse. I wasn't doing any work anyway. <laughs> uh, so, um, while you were enjoying the inside of the con... Oh, which I have to thank you, by the way. Every year that I don't get into con, and John does get into con... I usually hand him, uh, you know, a wad of cash and say, "Hey, please do go buy me uh, things that I don't have." Thank you. Uh, almost always Star Wars related or some other uh, obscure or semi-obscure sci-fi thing that I like. Like, you know, actually, none of the things I like are obscure. All the things you like are. Yeah, <laughs> very much. Yes. Um, but you know, like Mass Effect or Magic or whatever, whatever my other random hobbies are. Uh, and you came back this year with like. A stack of Black Series figures. I, 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 I want to point out that the amount of Black Series figures did not really register in my brain. Like, I brought back five, right? I think so, yeah. So, for those familiar with the six and Black Series figures, yeah, you MSRP, <laughs> they are about 20 bucks. Right. Usually in store. Uh, when I'm at cons and stuff like this, Usually, you can usually find some of the more common ones for about twenty, twenty-five bucks. Uh, slightly more uncommon, at least in Southern California, at least for San Diego. Yeah, uh, around thirty, thirty to forty dollars, and I kind of have a limit for myself that, like, twenty-five is the most I would pay for something that I just I didn't get a chance to see, or thirty for. Um, I lost my train of thought there. Uh, Thirty for like more rare figures, but like anything more than that, like I don't really want to spend the money on. Yeah, me neither. Um, like there, there unless are... it's something like really, really, really special. Like if somebody had the Veers or Admiral Piet out, I probably would have dropped more than I should have on those figures. Right, and that's, that's... Wa- one's a Entertainment Earth exclusive Piet, and the other one's a Walgreens exclusive. And we have never seen any of the Walgreens exclusives down here. Never. Never. It's 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 a real pain. Like the distribution does not run very well down here. Our local Walgreens is still putting out Rogue One figures. Yeah. Yeah, like they got a they got they just got a, a Mendo figure. Mendo. Um Director Krennic. Director Mendo. Director Mendo, yeah. A figure like and I was like, Ooh, that's new and which is not a sentence I should say. <laughs> but yeah, like I normally like and, and I, I gave you like a list of ones that I was looking for you know, and it was it was a loose list, you know, and I was expecting maybe like one or two, 
And normally, like, uh, when I went, uh, I, I overpaid for my Revan figure because Revan is my my all-time favorite. So I think I spent, like, I, I you, you grabbed it for me a couple cons ago. I think I yeah, spent, like, I, 50 I, bucks on it. I grabbed it at WonderCon, and it was the first booth I was at, and it had a Revan. And I'm like, this guy's going to get sold, like, so quick. Yeah, it was, like, 50 or 60 bucks. I don't remember exactly. Yeah, but and I, then, I, I like, throughout the that. rest of the con, I was like, "Oh, here's one for forty, yeah. son, son of a." So, ah. so, but th- this, like, I, I didn't expect you to find the ones that you found for as cheap as you found them. Yeah, like there were, there was the the, well, the Ghost Obi one, which was awesome. Ghost Obi one was thirty bucks. Yeah, there Walgreens was a, exclusive. We've never seen over yeah, here. Yeah, never seen it over here. Uh, the the uh, Rex, the Rex figure, which, which we haven't is, seen. Yeah, yeah, we haven't seen it, but um, it's not super rare. Like I've seen pictures of him piling up places. Right, Sabine, which we see pop up oh, every once in a while. That, Sabine was the one figure I regret not picking up on for the Force Friday we went to. Yeah, because I was just so focused yeah, she on picking was, up Thrawn. She was gone like super quick. Um, there was a some some exclusive uh, green pattern Mark II clone, which was rad. The the four forty second, uh, which we were like, okay, where does he come from? Uh, <laughs> a four forty second siege battalion. Yeah, so it was, that was a cool one. Uh, uh, there was one more. Oh, the the, the clone cap, red stripey. Yeah, which I already had, and I might cannibalize for a side project, but I'm really, I'm really nervous about that because I I would totally cannibalize, like one of the common ones that I see all the time but I, 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 feel, I would feel bad doing it to this guy so maybe I'll just have two two guardsman clones um, we'll see we'll figure it out but yeah I gotta thank you for that uh, yeah while you were at the con uh, Saturday I came down uh, to the convention center with roommate Mike Yep, and uh, our friend Timothy, uh, fan photographer extraordinaire, uh, and listener to the podcast, and uh, I decided that I was going to go around and try to do a little video project for our YouTube channel. I really wish I would have gotten more footage, but um, and I think you know I learned from this experience. I will get more next year. I'll go more days, but uh, I'll throw up what I have. Um, in a little video. Hopefully by the time this comes out, it'll be up. If not, it'll be out soon. Um, but you and I went ahead and, and looked at the raw footage. And what I what I did is I just went around with a camera. And I stopped anybody in, you know, Star Wars gear or costume that I, that I saw. And just asked them what their favorite thing about Star Wars was. Or what they loved about Star Wars. And I got some really interesting answers. Was there, uh, were there any, uh, you and I both watched the footage, was there anything that stuck out to you about some of the answers we got? Uh, I think my favorite was, was the two kids, the interview. The, yeah. This is, uh, First Order Stormtrooper and Kylo Ren, I believe yeah. it was. Yeah, like from the, the, you know, the off the shelf. Yeah, and I, I just liked how, how they, their excitement, not so much what they were saying, but just the excitement in their voices about Star Wars. That was cool. Yeah, one of the things that surprised me about what they were saying was uh, one of them mentioned the, the, the connectivity of the stories, like how everything connects. Mm-hmm. And I guess I always assumed that that was something that kids 
his age like didn't pick up on as much and who knows maybe he's an exceptionally bright kid but it was really cool to see uh to hear that because usually it's just you know guys like us you know fans older fans that are arguing about canon connectivity and eu connects connections and trying to weave our way through the through the story but he he this kid mentioned that he really liked that uh aspect and i thought that was really cool um I got a lot of I got a lot of different answers. Like the the question was phrased such that like it honestly could have been anything about Star Wars that they liked. So I got everything from like concepts about the world and how the diversity of the world and um, world building, character story, uh, to specific things like uh, one gentleman dressed as uh, Django like really loved the story of the bounty hunters. Like he was he really liked. Boba Fett and Jango Fett, and he wanted to learn more about bounty hunters in the future. Um, I got uh, uh, a guy who showed off some some Jedi uh, sword moves there that said that he really enjoyed uh, the lightsaber battles. That was his favorite thing. Um, there was uh, a gentleman who said that the Force was the closest thing to a religion that his family had. <laughs> which I I very much enjoyed that. <laughs> I was like, "Good on you, bed." Um, you you that's that's super cool to hear. Um, I got I got a couple people saying that they really like the Force and they really like the Jedi. Uh, one person said Empire Strikes Back, so that was Star Wars to him. Like that was his favorite part about it. So that whole movie. Um, and we had a young lady say that uh, Leia was her first real female role model, and that she likes how there are strong female characters in Star Wars that um, people can look look up to. You talked a little bit about that with the panel uh, you went to, and then I think we talked about that too uh, a little bit in our Forces of De- and Forces of Destiny uh, talk. And I'm sure we'll we'll get more into that subject uh, down the line. Uh, maybe have some guests on to talk about that. And then uh, one thing that uh, another another person there was a, a Ray cosplayer. She she said a couple things. Like she really liked the hero's journey aspect, the Ewoks, lightsaber battles. But the thing that struck me was the the fact that the new movies. She said the new movies mean I can hold a lightsaber and be a character, like mm. somebody that people see on screen. So the fact that Ray is a force sensitive who uses a lightsaber, who looks like she's going to be the last Jedi, the fact that she is that. To this, to this young lady was was a super cool thing, and I that I really enjoyed that. Yeah, that's like when last year for WonderCon we made that uh, Rostico costume for um, your girlfriend. Yeah, for Katie. Um, and one of the things I, I love about the character of Rostico is not so much her story. It was probably one of the weakest parts of the Last Jedi for me but the fact that your girlfriend who is half asian can look at the screen and see a character that looks like her yeah and now she can feel a part of the community as a character right that that's that's why i love rose tico yeah and we could go even further than that and look at you know just a lot of the new movies added that character for a lot of different people mm-hmm you know, Rogue One 
added a, a wide, diverse cast of people. Another that... white brunette. <laughs> and another white brunette, yes. But, you know, it, it the universe is becoming more welcoming, and that was one of the things that I got a big sense of when I was walking around outside of the convention and interviewing these people, is that they all had something to say about this universe that they felt like they were a part of, and that was probably the coolest part for me. Mm. Uh, Well, we did one other thing during this great Comic-Con week. Steel Saunders put together a little get-together at one of the, the... Bars, yeah, outside of uh, outside of the convention, and a bunch of Star Wars podcasters and podcast fans and influencers and people involved in Star Wars showed up uh, to that and just to be able to stand around and chat with all these people, like it was, it was awesome. Like uh, I don't know, what did you think? Yeah, I thought it was uh, it was a good time. I really didn't know what to expect. Yeah, me neither. Up. Like, I thought it would be Steel, maybe uh, Jason Ward, and a bunch of fans of that show. But, like, I wasn't expecting to see the guys from Tatooine Sons there. Yeah. The, where'd they say they were from? They're they're close to us, man. Yeah, that's what surprised me. They said they I, were an hour... Like, half the, the podcasters I talked to were like, yeah, we're local. I'm like, why are we not... Why do we not know these people? Yeah. Why, why do we not know you? So hopefully something's going to come of that. You know, we, we met Steel, of course. I was there from Steel Wars. The Canto Bite Dispatch podcast was there. Making Star Wars had people there. Tatooine Sons was there. Talking Bay 94. Uh, the Star Wars Roundtable. And those are just podcasters. Like, we also, there were also some, some influencers and, like, people actually involved in Star Wars stuff. Personally, we met uh, Cole Horton. He works for EA uh, doing Star Wars stuff. And he... Is a d- huge WoW nerd. <laughs> but, like, refuses to play. Yeah, roommate Mike and, and, uh, and him had a, had a great conversation about WoW. That was very entertaining to listen to. He's also a Star Wars book writer, and Adam Bray, who uh, he is uh, one of the writers on some of the, the visual dictionaries and the, like, the DK stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, he works on some of those, and and those are just, like, the people that we talked to. Like, there were so many people there that I know that we didn't, you know, we didn't get a chance to talk to, and if I missed anybody, I'm sure I did. There were so many people there. We got to meet fans of other podcasts and talk to them about the podcast. Yeah, defecting. And just, you know, it was such a great time. And I I was stoked on how open everybody was, like, regardless of what your status was at that event. Mm. Like, if you were a major podcaster, if you were a minor podcaster, if you were a fan, if you were involved, if you were just somebody wandering in off the street to see what, what all the hubbub was... Like, you were greeted with enthusiasm and, you know, just camaraderie. And it was such a cool thing. Uh, lots of people liked your, your your Star Tours costume. It's uniform, man. Uniform? Sorry? We, we'd prefer if you didn't call it a costume. We? Yeah. Us at Star Tours Incorporated. Oh, okay, yes. I apologize. Your, a, your f- a, a limited holdings of... Space company. Limited uh, holdings of space. Uh, A lot of people were interested in that. Um, We had we had some great conversations. Um, 
the uh, a, a guy Rusty. Uh, he he's the brother of Brittany of uh, Canto Bite Dispatch. Um, I just wandered into one of those one of their conversations, and um, when I was introducing myself, he's like, "Are you a podcaster?" I was like, "Yeah, I we I'm a co-host on on uh, Hoth Topics," and he said, "Oh, I've heard of you," and I I didn't know how to react to that. I just went, well, that's weird because <laughs> I'm so not used to people saying that they've heard of us. Like <laughs> the, the only other, like we know people who listen and they're, you know, mostly people we already know that we know of. Like, I'm sure there are other people out there listening as was proven by Rusty, but like I've never been, told that before so it was kind of a surreal experience for me <laughs> uh anything else about the that get together john um, cap off well well you were schmoozing and selling the the show something i can't do i i'm i grew up to be too humble um <laughs> and i'm not i'm not humble enough no How's <laughs> that? i'm a thousand more times humble than you are that yeah, makes more sense yeah ish that's I was me. hanging out with some listeners, and guys, if you're listening, I'm sorry, but I forgot your names. I forgot a lot of things about Con. Con is not the time to tell me your name because I will forget it. John I, forgot entire panels. Um, like you yeah. can't hold this against him. <laughs> I uh, I didn't go to bed till 3 a.m. on most nights trying to finish crap up. But uh, well, you yeah, well you were out talking with other podcasters, and me and me and these two guys were just uh, talking Star Wars and. Uh, watching these drones that were flying over the gas lamp quarter for some reason being attacked by seagulls. That was thoroughly entertaining to me. <laughs> Technology versus bird. As you can tell, John is easily distracted by things happening around him. Very true. Birds many, and seagulls, nephews with $20 bills. Many, many long car trips with my parents or business meetings that I had to sit through with them and just be quiet and learn to entertain myself. So, uh, yeah, shiny things... Noises, fast-moving objects, pretty distracting. <laughs> uh, well, that was a great time. Yeah, anybody that I just mentioned, any of those podcasters, they are excellent people, really cool to hang out with, and they're good podcasters too. So please, I implore you, go check them out if you're looking for other Star Wars podcasters. Um, hate you, us. I'm just looking for something new. Yeah, if you just want to abandon us, well, the least we can do is guide you to some something possibly better. So... Uh, or definitely better, depending on the what, what you want to look, the way you want to look at it. Um, so please go check them out. Uh, there are definitely people that were there that we didn't get to meet. So if you ended up uh, checking out any other awesome podcasts or any other cool podcasters that were there, um, please let us know who we missed so that we can talk to them. I know. Uh, I think San Diego Saber Guild was there. Uh, I just didn't end up getting to talk to them. Uh, somebody else that is local, which we should have known about because San Diego is in their name. Um, well, of course, unless they're from San Diego, Texas. Huh. There's a San Diego in Texas. Uh, okay. There's yeah. also a Miramar See? in Texas. See, so. you may have just you may have just uh, saved uh, saved my bacon there. My logic is uh, they're probably now from here. Yeah, absolutely. They're absolutely. They're from absolutely here. from here. <laughs> So, um, but anybody else that we didn't mention that you think should be mentioned, please let us know. Um, I think that just about does it for today, John. What do you think? I got, I got nothing. You got nothing. All right. Well, 
Uh, this has been another episode of Hoth Topics, a Star Wars podcast. Today we went over all of our uh, Comic Con 2018 experiences. Uh, if you were there and you saw uh, John walking around in in, uh, it's hard to miss. It's orange <laughs> and blue. It had lights on it. It was, it was obnoxious. <laughs> Let it was us know. Really obnoxious. Let us know if you saw John in costume on the show floor, uh, or maybe if you got interviewed by me. Uh, please, like, reach out. Tell us. Let us know. Uh, and uh, we want to hear from you. You can find us at hothtopicspodcast.com. You can tweet at us at hothpod, or you can send us an email at uh, hothpod at gmail.com. So, yeah, thank you very much for listening, everybody. Uh, I've been Ian. I've been working on costumes so long that I'm not working on them. I feel like I have no purpose in life. That's John, who will find renewed purpose working on Hoth Topic stuff. That's it, everybody. We'll see you next time. May the Force ever be in your favor. Would you like to know more?